our passage for today and uh, hopefully there'll be some slides going at the same time if uh, Ross could turn those on that would be great. Let's just pray as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father we thank you that you speak. Father that you have told us that you speak by your spirit and through your word and so Father as we come to your word today as a gathered people we want to hear you speak. Holy Spirit, please help us. Amen. Well, uh, Pleasantville is a uh, 1998 comedy drama written, co-produced and directed by Gary Ross. Um, Among others, it stars Toby Maguire, Jeff Daniels and Joan Allen. Uh, The story centres on two siblings who wind up trapped in a 1950s TV show set in a small American town where the residents are seemingly perfect. As the story goes, the high schooler's David and his twin sister Jennifer lead very pleasant, sorry, very different lives. Uh, David spends most of his time watching Pleasantville, which was a black and white 1950s sitcom about an ideal family. And one evening, while their mum is away, David and Jennifer fight over the TV breaking the remote control and suddenly a mysterious TV repairman arrives and uh, impressed by David's knowledge of Pleasantville gives him a strange remote control before departing and so it happens. So it happens David and Jennifer are transported back into that black and white world of Pleasantville finding themselves in this perfect family's living room. David tries to reason with the TV repairman, communicating through the television, but the guy declares that the world of Pleasantville is better than the real world and they should be lucky to live in it. And so forced to act as the show's main characters then, uh, David and Jennifer explore this wholesome but peculiar town, supposedly a perfect little world. So they find out in Pleasantville that fire does not exist and firefighters merely rescue cats from trees. Also, the citizens of Pleasantville are unaware that anything exists outside of their town and all roads circle back with no escape. And so David tells Jennifer they have to stay in character and not disrupt the town, trying to maintain the show's plot. We'll be thankful to know that I'm not going to outline the whole movie of Pleasantville for you this morning. Indeed, there's some of it that I wouldn't want to. Um, But uh, perhaps if you want to know more, you can go and grab the DVD. Uh, But I begin with this story because I want to introduce to you our passage today, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. You see, as we read these verses today, I wonder if they struck you as a bit perfect, as a bit idyllic. I wonder if it struck you as a bit of a Pleasantville-type passage. Almost too good to be true, right? Well, let's read the passage again as we begin. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So friends, if we can get it on the screen, the big idea for our passage today is this, (coughs) that the Christian life involves putting on the new self. 
the Christian life involves putting on the new self. But I want to ask, is that even possible? Is this even possible? Because as we look at these verses, it seems like these virtues that we are called to live by are almost unrealistic. I know I was feeling guilty as they were read out this morning. I mean, who can live this perfect Pleasantville-type life? Who can do it? Who can actually live up to this? Because as we look at these verses and we look at all the things we're meant to be doing as Christians, it may be like me that you look at it and you think, no way, I could never live like that. So I want to ask us this morning about these verses. Is this Pleasantville? Is this the perfect world that is unachievable for you and me? Or is it achievable? Is it achievable? And is this how we are called to live out our lives as Christians? Remember the big idea today. The Christian life involves putting on, putting on the new self in Christ. And so we've got two points regarding that today. I want to ask two questions about that big idea. Firstly, what does this mean? And then second, what difference does it make? Okay, well, let's get into it. The Christian life involves putting on the new self. So first, what does this mean? What does that mean? Well, first we see, or first we should know, that in Christ we become a new creation. In Christ we have become a new creation. Would you have a look at me, if you could, at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. Can you see there? God has made us alive with Christ. What that means is that God has made us spiritually alive. It means that we have become a new creation in Christ. As Paul says elsewhere, the old has gone and the new has come. I'm not sure if you've ever played a game at youth group or kids club or something where you give the kids a whole pile of Play-Doh. I've got a picture of Play-Doh on the screen there. You give the, the kids a whole pile of Play-Doh and you get them to make their own creation with Play-Doh. And uh, it might be a, a monster or a, a warrior or something like that. But the idea is that the kids get to become a creator. You get them to make a new creation out of their Play-Doh. Friends, in the Gospel, we have become a new creation. In the Gospel, this has truly happened to us as people, that we have become a new creation in our hearts before God in anticipation of the new creation that we will live in in the future. It's already happened in your heart when you became a Christian. See, if you are a Christian, the old is gone. Your old life before God is gone and the new has come. The new is in you, living in you. The image of Christ 
The new has come inside you. You've been given a new heart and a new spirit. You've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've been given a new self. As a Christian, our old life is gone and the new has come. In Jesus, we have been born again. We have become a new creation. But you see, friends, what we learn about this in Paul's writings is that we still have to actively put off our old selves and put on our new self. We still have to actively put off our old selves, our old sinful life. And we have to actively put on our new self in Christ. We have to actively put on and live out the Christian life. It's a conscious, active decision. For example, have a look in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. He says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self which has been renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. See there it says, we have taken off the old self with its practices and we have put on the new self. See, we still have to actively put off our old self and put on our new self in Christ. You see, this is the image, it is the analogy of getting changed out of our clothes, like we heard in the kids' talk. In the evening, after a long day's work, you get out of your work clothes, you have a shower, I hope, and you get into your pyjamas. You take off your old clothes, you put on your new clothes. And in the morning, when you get up, you change from your pyjamas, and you put on your gear for work. Every morning, we take off our old clothes, and we put on our new clothes. Friends, it is the same with being a Christian, except spiritual. In the Christian life, we have to put off our old clothes. That is, we have to put off our old life. We have to put off the old life of sin. God calls you to put off those old clothes. And we have to put on our new clothes, our godly life. That is, we've been made a new creation, but we have to keep putting on this new creation every day. We have to keep putting on our new selves. And we do this. How? How do we put on our new selves? By practicing the characteristics of the Christian life, as we see in our passage today. So that's what our passage is about today. The Christian life involves putting on the new self. So how are we going to do that? That's going to be our focus for the rest of the message. The Christian life involves putting on the new self. And so our second question about this <coughs> excuse me, is what difference does this make? If we can get the next slide, please. What Missed that one, that one. What difference does this make? 
Let's apply this to our lives and have a think about it. So let's have a look at verse 12 as we read our passage again. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So the Christian life involves putting on this new self. This new self is what we see in these verses and also what we'll see in the verses we're going to look at over the next few weeks. But is this life even possible? Or is it the fake kind of perfect life we might see in a town called Pleasantville? Is this godly life here attainable? Or is it unrealistic? See, friend, how are you going with putting on the new self? How are you going with living out your new creation in Christ? Are you making progress? The Bible describes our sanctification as an uphill journey up towards heaven. Are you going upwards or backwards? Are you growing in godliness or do you feel like you're slipping down? How are we going with these virtues in these verses? Let's have a look at them a bit closer. First we see there that we are God's chosen people and we are holy and dearly loved. What an encouragement it is to know that we are God's elect, his chosen people. And because we are his chosen ones, because we have been saved in the gospel, we can know that we are holy and dearly loved. It's wonderful to know that that's how God thinks of us. Holy and dearly loved. That's so encouraging, isn't it? But next we see there, next we see that we are to clothe ourselves with the following virtues. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, it says. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then it also says, put on love, which binds all these things together in perfect unity. So there it is, friends. It's part of the new self that we are to live out in Christ, these verses. So how do these verses apply to my life and to your life today? How are we going in putting on this new self? Are we putting on the new life of Christ? Or are we leaving on that smelly shirt instead? See there first, he says to put on compassion to put on compassion. The word there is literally to have your guts churning in compassion, to be a compassionate person, says Paul. You might remember that often in the Gospels, this word is described of the Lord Jesus. He has compassion on the crowds. Such was the care of our Lord. And we are called to show that same compassion to those around us. And when we do that, We are being like Jesus, aren't we? Our works of compassion glorify God and point to him as the God of compassion. 
And this is, for example, why we support the work of the organisation Compassion here at our church. Because they're releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name and they're helping us to show compassion to some of the neediest children in the world. God calls us to show compassion. The next one there is kindness. Kindness uh, is the mark of our new life with Christ. Are we kind people? Are we kind people? Of course, there are many non-Christians who are kind people. But our kindness comes from a different motivation. Our kindness comes from different values to them. We are kind because we follow the God of kindness. Because God was first kind to us. And he calls us to do the same. So how are we going with kindness? I'm sure this is a virtue that we can all work on and let us keep one another accountable. I know my wife keeps me accountable (laughs) for this a lot. Now the next one there is humility. Humility. We know that the Lord Jesus showed the greatest humility ever by becoming a man and dying on the cross. And we are called to follow that humility of Christ, to have that same mind of putting others first, of taking a step down the ladder, Not big noting yourself, but taking the lowly path like the Saviour. Humility. This is the mark of the redeemed life that we are called to. Next there is gentleness. Gentleness and patience. How are we doing at these things? Gentleness and patience. For how we cultivate these virtues will impact the light of Christ that we're shining to the world. Are you known for your gentleness and your patience? You see, what would your friends say about you with all these attributes? What would your spouse say? What would your parents say? What would your church family say? What would the elders of the church say about you? This is the new creation, the the life in Christ that we are called to live. We see there, it says in verse 13, the next bit, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Friends, are we really living out that truth in our church? Really? And in our lives, what a challenge to live that out in our broader lives. When people look at our church, are they seeing the world or are they seeing Christ? Um, Just regarding forgiveness, did you see that amazing video that came out a few weeks ago of the young Christian man hugging the woman who had murdered his brother and telling her that he had forgiven her? Uh, This forgiveness thing is absolutely nuts, isn't it, in Christianity? The depths that God calls us to forgive is amazing. But we must also remember the depths that God has forgiven us. Sinning against an infinite person deserves an infinite punishment. But God has forgiven us. God has died for us. 
And then in verse 14 it says, Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We know from the New Testament that love is the fulfilment of the law of God. The way of the Lord is the way of love. Actually, love is the main command that God calls us to keep now by the Spirit in the new covenant. It says, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So friends, here we have a picture of the new creation in Christ. We have an explanation of what it looks like to put on the new self in Christ. Of what it looks like to live as a citizen of the kingdom. The Christian life involves putting on this new self. The old has gone. The new has come. In Jesus, for us, the new, the new age, the new has come. It's dawning within our hearts by the Spirit guiding us to live these ways. So, will we go away from today and practice the virtues of the Christian life? Will we go home and reflect on these things and consider our godliness? As James says, will we listen to the word and do what it says? Or as James also says, will we do the opposite? Will we be like a person who looks at their face in a mirror after looking at themselves, they go away and immediately forget what they look like? We look at the mirror of God's word, but will we forget what we should be looking like? As James says, will we listen to the word and deceive ourselves and not do what it says? See, friends, our passage today may look a bit like Pleasantville. It may look like an unattainable, perfect life. But, friends, we must know that it is attainable because the Holy Spirit who brings power into our Christian lives is changing us from one degree of glory to another. We must not forget that we have been made a new creation The old has gone and the new has come. Jesus has decisively saved you at the cross and the Holy Spirit has irresistibly worked in our life to give us power for the Christian life. We just need to make sure we don't work against the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit that we do not quench the Spirit's fire by letting our old self come back and push out the new self. Friends, the book of Romans describes this battle in our souls as warfare. The old self is waging war against the new self, trying to make us a prisoner of the old self at work within us. But Paul says, who will rescue us from this? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, he says. We have been made a new creation in Christ and the Holy Spirit daily gives us the power for the Christian life. But, but we are called not to yield to that old self. As that great hymn says, yield not to temptation. 
Christ will carry you through. Friends, I'm not sure today exactly where you're at, if you're in a good place spiritually or if you're struggling. But wherever we are at today, do know that you are a new creation in Christ, decisively, irrevocably. You are a new creation in Christ. If you are a Christian, the Bible just gives us this challenge, this one. Keep becoming who you are. Keep becoming who you are. Let us pray. Yes, Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for our Lord Jesus, who has shown us how to live. And not only that, but died and risen again to make our new lives possible. We thank you that from heaven he sent us your Holy Spirit who lives in us. And Lord, we pray that our lives would not only bring you glory, but would witness to you. And we thank you, Lord, um, that we have been saved by the cross. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.